Hey everybody, I just want you to know that you can now order a copy of Provoked by Juan Galloway on Amazon.com. Provoked is all about how to love people relentlessly and to do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. So go to Amazon.com today and order your copy of Provoked. Half the proceeds go to help our friends who are struggling with homelessness. So help us out today. Order Provoked at Amazon.com. In a world that needs something to read, that will lead them into bold new horizons, a new book emerges. Provoke. How to love people relentlessly, doing beautiful works that make you and others come alive by Juan Galloway. It's a book so daring that it demands to have its own podcast. Hosted by Juan Galloway, President and CEO, and Alec Goebel, Outreach Leader of New York City Relief, a mobile outreach to people experiencing homelessness. Turn up the volume, open your mind, and prepare to be provoked. Because I know you appreciate it. Oh, sorry. Is this thing on? <laughs> hey, welcome back. It's Juan Galloway. And Alec Goble. And you're listening to Provoked, the podcast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and uh, Craig is back, slurping his coffee. Oh, yeah. Which is how I like to drink my coffee as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, I'm just going to say, it's kind of like when people drink fine wine. I'm not a wine drinker, but yeah. you know how they... They slurp it around like in their mouth. Like yeah, they do. And they even spit it out maybe. Yep. And I do. don't understand they do that, that any wine of that. tasting. Yeah. I don't spit out my coffee. And then they have a little cracker. <laughs> to <laughs> cleanse the palate or yep. whatever. So I'm just going to say for you and me, slurping is just, you're just like tantalizing your taste buds with that in your mouth. like <laughs> Right, it is. Like. It's like a textured intake to slurp coffee. Yeah, in. so I'm going to say... It's not just like a smooth gulp. It's for a connoisseur. Where it just washes over the taste buds. You, you don't do this with Dunkin' Donuts coffee, okay? This no, is for a connoisseur uh, drinking know, fine really, coffee. No. I don't really drink Boutique Dunkin artisan coffee. coffee, right? Right, like the right. kind that you brew and serve from your very own kitchen. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Juan. You're welcome. It's good coffee. Thank you. Well, I, I try to provide the best. Coffee is my friend. Hmm. <sighs> So, anyway, good friend indeed. We are on chapter six provoked to serve and lead. We're talking about my new book. Uh, we've been going chapter by chapter with every podcast, and we're almost to the end, but we're not to the end. The second to the last chapter is provoked to serve you and lead. You do have more to look forward to. Yes, that's right. We're not there yet. Um, you know, there's a quote in the very beginning of the book. It says, uh, the chapter, I should say, it says, you can lead and not love. I think we've all experienced that in our life, uh, but it's impossible to love and not lead. Now it's quoted as anonymous, but I'm going right. to tell you a secret. I've heard of that person. I'm going to tell you a secret. I made up that quote. <laughs> Whoa. That's my quote. But I thought it was kind of cheesy to quote myself in You're a book. That guy? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's, if I wrote the book and I put a quote and I write my name, that just feels kind of cheesy. So I put anonymous, <laughs> but now I'm telling you, so maybe I blew it. But yeah. anyway, I just believed this, that there's a lot of people leading. Like I've had bosses that definitely were not loving me. They weren't for my best. You know what I'm saying? And I quit. I quit those jobs, by yep. the way. Uh, but I've always found that it's impossible to love people and not end up leading them 
towards wholeness, leading them towards life, leading them towards relationship. In some way, you're leading them if you're loving them. That's what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does because <clears throat> to love somebody comes along with, with you know, other forms of action like encouragement, right? right? Encouragement is, is literally building somebody up to be what their potential says that they can be, but they may not yet have realized that, but you love them to be better. Right. Yeah. So you're leading. Yeah. And some people, you know, there's some kind of stigma with that title, like leader. I think it scares people. Um, I know it scared me. So let me, let me just speak from myself. When I was growing up, I, my parents were such over the top leaders that it intimidated me and it scared me. So I was like, I do not want to become a leader because I can't be like that. I, it was a comparison thing, which is always a, um, big mistake, right? Comparing yourself yeah. to other people yeah. never turns out that way. <laughs> Either you're looking yeah. down on people and like, wow, I'm a lot better, which is not good. Or you're looking up to people and you're like, wow, I'm not that good at all yeah, compared to I, that I could person. never do that. As yeah. Well. It always seems to be we tell ourselves not sometimes. good to compare ourselves. It doesn't, it goes the wrong way. No. And I've, I've been told that many times, but I still did it for years mm-hmm. and I still do it sometimes, but uh, maybe like inadvertently. Because now I'm much more aware of that. And yeah. I think, you know, I think part of that goes to just recognizing what your identity is in Christ. Right. You know, um, once you start to become confident in him, then you're less prone to, pro- to compare yourself to that's, others. See, that's it in a nutshell. I'm glad you said that because that's kind of the point of this chapter. The key to being a good leader uh, is being a good follower. I mean, uh, yeah. It, because got to follow the right leader. How, yeah. How am I going to know how to lead other people the right way if I'm not following somebody who's showing me the way? And so obviously for us, that's Jesus. He's the ultimate leader and servant. Uh, he's a servant leader. And so um, if we just plunge ourselves into his ways, the great rabbi, the great teacher, and that's mm-hmm. how the, people would follow their teachers or their rabbis. They didn't just listen to their lesson, take notes and go home. They copied everything about them. That was their style back then. That's why the disciples, they didn't just go to some classes Jesus taught. They lived with them. They traveled with them. They ate with them. Yeah, they, you name it. They walked on the water with them, right? They did everything. (laughs) That's what it meant to follow uh, your, your rabbi or your teacher if you were a disciple. And we've kind of lost that. We've kind of like, we've turned it into a different thing, but that's how, Basically, in order to lead other people, we do life with them. It's not like we lord it over them like, I've got all the answers. Everybody come listen to me. It's just like, no, I'm just going to do life together with you. And iron's going to sharpen iron. And I'll share with you. And sometimes you'll share with me and you'll lead me, you know. Right. And I find many times when we go to lead people to new life or new help or something like that, they end up teaching us more than we do them anyway. Yeah. But that's how the kingdom of God is, right? Yeah. It's like upside down kingdom. That's right. That's cool. Last shall be first and all that good stuff, right? Last first, shall be last. first. Yeah. Um, what's that verse about uh, wisdom comes from the mouth of babes? Yeah. Remember that one? Totally counterculture, right? Right. All of it. Right. So we've all got something to learn from somebody. So in that yeah. way, everybody, everybody can be a leader. If we humble ourselves, if we're teachable, right. then anybody can be a leader. I think I've actually found that too, like being out on the streets, that um, the feedback that I get is not really something I'm looking for and mm-hmm. it's not something I expected. It's just from going out and literally trying to, to be 
a witness for Christ, you know, to the friends on the street. And so I ask myself this, you know, frequently, you know, when I start my day, I'm like, you know, or I'll, I'll tell myself, I kind of, kind of, um, I guess, um, calibrate my thinking, right? So mm-hmm. I start thinking like, okay, you know, um, today I'm just going out to represent Jesus. You know, how can I be like him? How can I represent him well to the people that I encounter today? And that's just been something that, you know, I use as a mental mechanism to kind of help shift my thinking from kind yeah. of my natural state, which doesn't necessarily want to get out on the streets, right? But it helps me kind of think, you know what, because this is what Jesus would do. This is what he's called me to do. Mm. And you know what, he chose me to do this, so then I must be meant to do this, so I can do this. So how can I actually have, or how can I, how can I facilitate people meeting Jesus, you know, as I encounter them? And then I get this feedback, you know, later on where people will say, hey, you know, what you're doing out here is really good, which always makes me feel, I don't know, like it's a humbling feeling. It's not a, it can feel good, right? you know, but it's, uh, it's humbling too. Like inside I'm like, wow, you know, because I don't feel like I did anything profound. I just, I showed up with the opportunity that was put before me mm. and the tools that I was given, you know, right. I, I went on outreach and that's what I do. And somebody came up and, and expressed to me what a huge difference that made in their lives. And so that's amazing. That's an amazing dynamic of leadership. And that shows that what you're living is a lifestyle, not right. a program or a job, uh, because you don't even know the impact. You're just doing what you do. Yeah. And, but the residual effects are you're getting the feedback. Like there's good fruit. People are being yeah. impacted. The, the, the ripple effect is like boom, 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 going out and they're getting hit with yeah. it. And they're like, Whoa, that's awesome. That's good. And you're just like, Oh, that's just, we're just doing life. Like, that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm basically getting up and you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm not going to say struggling, but maybe striving is the better word mm-hmm. to follow Christ, you know, in that day. And I kind of have to do it on a day a day by day basis, you know. Right. I mean, that's sort of how I have to think. You're setting your course each day, right? Each yeah. day, and um, I'm I'm actually afraid for, you know, for this to become kind of like a job, right? And mm. so that's another thing that kind of runs through my thoughts, you know, as I'm sort of calibrating my thinking is like that I don't want this to be like a routine or like a job because some things are routine, you know, like prepar- yeah, sure. preparing food. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> driving know, the driving bus. the bus, going to the to the same locations, you know, because yeah. we're consistent, right? Right. You know, I don't want it to become routine. So I I kind of have almost like a little bit of a fear or apprehension, but a, but I think a healthy fear, you know, that you know against I should say um, this becoming a routine for me. See, that's why I think you're a good leader because you otherwise you would never think those things. Everything you just said is such wisdom and maturity that someone who's probably much younger, they wouldn't get. They're just like reacting to everything. They're not maybe mentally, emotionally setting their course for the day going, okay, I don't want to just phone it in today. Like that's not acceptable. I'm here for Jesus. So you aligned yourself kind of with God, which we, for those of you who listening to this and you didn't listen to any of the other episodes, maybe, okay, Alec here, I call him Craig, he (laughs) is an outreach leader with New York City Relief. He's going in to do outreach uh, to our friends who are struggling with homelessness all over New York City. He's driving the bus. He's making the soup. He's leading the volunteers. He's he's, he's talking individually with like hundreds of people. 
and trying to encourage them to take some help that we're offering and we're just building relationship, you know, uh, cause that's how it works. And so what you're doing is like the key to success, to your success for sure, because otherwise you become calloused, lackadaisical, um, just going through the motions. But the reason why you're so in tune with people, I think, is because you're so in tune with God. You keep aligning yourself. You keep, okay, tune into God. What do you want today, God? I'm here for you. Not everybody does that, you know. And so I think because you're following Jesus, you end up leading others to Jesus. And I know you actually lead many people to Christ every year. Uh, that's not by accident. It's because you're walking in the spirit. And that's something actually I look up to you for because I, th- I think if I'm honest about, I don't know, 80% of my life, I'm operating in the flesh. I don't mean I'm in sin and I'm robbing liquor stores and smoking crack. I mean, I'm just like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat now. I think I want to <laughs> yeah, shower. We're responding to our physical needs. Right? I'm right. I'm right. just, and I'm like, oh, time to go to work. Okay. I have a lot of emails. Nothing wrong with any of that other, other than I want to, I want to be above the fray and be like, God, what do you want to do today? Let me think your thoughts. Let me feel your feelings. Let me yeah. do your actions. Right. And sometimes I'm, I'm on, right. I'm, I'm the zone. Other times I'm just, do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm just blundering through life like anybody else. And I, I love that what you do, it basically, because the Bible says to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. What you're describing to me is how you walk in the spirit on a daily basis, which makes you so effective uh, at what you do. Well, that's, that's, what's kind of amazing about it because I relate to everything you just said too, you know, about, about like your, all your natural tendencies, you yeah. know? And so, um, it, it just so happens that I firmly believe, you know, with conviction that this is where God has me right now, yeah. you know, and, and I've learned in this process. I'm not, uh, I don't consider myself to be like a, you know, a superlative leader or anything like that. It's just not how I think of it. I, I think, think that, uh, and, and I appreciate that. It, it means a lot, but I, I got to look up that word superlative. <laughs> it's sure one of my favorites, <laughs> but, uh, it's just, you know, I have to think about that. Like on a daily basis, I have to wake up and I actually, I actually overheard. I can't remember if I actually heard Bill Hoffman say this, or I think I did hear Bill Hoffman say, it, but he wasn't saying it to me. He was saying it to somebody else. Yeah. And I picked up on it peripherally mm-hmm. and he was basically saying something to the effect of like, yeah, as soon as I open my eyes in the morning, I tell God, like, I need your help, you know? <laughs> and I wish I could think of that. I don't think anything. It was, it was funny. Up. It was like, uh, I think I'm tired. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I caught on to that and it kind of like, it bounced around in my mind for a while, you know, mm-hmm. in my thoughts and, and, um, it kind of entrenched itself there. So now I do think of that. Like when I open my eyes in the morning and I feel that, um, that feeling like, I want to go back to sleep for another 10 minutes. I want to hit the snooze. I'm like, yeah. nah, but I got to get up. I need to, you know, I'm like, Lord, I need your strength. Like right now I need your strength to get That's out of cool. bed, to get ready. <laughs> I need your strength to represent you today. You really you know? are superlative. So, <laughs> and I just looked up the definition. You just looked that up. All of right. the highest quality or degree. Uh, excellent, magnificent, wonderful, glorious. You know, I, I can't believe it's taken <laughs> me my whole life of 48 years to be taught that, I, I, you know, the word super, 
you know? Yeah. But I never realized it actually came from the word superlative. Yeah. So thank you for sharing hey, of your vocabulary with me. A little more vocabularic ammunition You now. have led me today. I will follow you into a greater use of uh, vocabulary. That's cool. Uh, that's awesome. You can... I know you can't wait to incorporate that into your next uh, public speaking event. Absolutely. So, you know, when I was growing up, like I said, with like my parents as these great leaders, it was intimidating. But on the other hand, they were superlative leaders. I really learned so much living around them. It just from being around them. Like what are great leaders like? Well, I was around them growing up all my life. And so I felt like I was blessed to just kind of soak it in. Right. It just, I wasn't trying to learn. I did, you know, so that was kind of cool. So I'm thankful for that. Number two, I married one of the greatest leaders I've ever met, which was my wife. And that's why I married her. Honestly, is I thought, man, is she a go getter? Yeah. You know, is she like your, your wife is too. She's a go getter, man. It was one of the things that, that really attracted me to her. Yeah. See, so we're so much alike. Look at that. That's funny. But yeah, Angel. No wonder we're such great friends. Angel was like like a top salesperson. She was always winning those Mary Kay vehicles. Yeah, she pink, did like six cars. The pink cars. Yeah. I mean, man, that's a go-getter, right? Yeah. And so Tracy, when I met her, I knew her since the day she got saved. I knew her right before she got saved, became a Christian. And so once she became a Christian, she went all in, all out. She was teaching and she learned how to play guitar and lead worship. And I was like, what? Are you? <laughs> I'm actually a guitar player. So I was like, what? I mean, she just was unstoppable. She would go out in the streets when she was just a kid and she would walk up to strangers and lead them to Christ all over downtown Dallas and stuff. In fact, one time she was, that is wa- awesome. she was walking and praying by herself. Okay. This little, you know, white girl in the high school and she was praying, God, where do you want me to go? And he led her to this, uh, big black guy. Okay. And, um, she didn't know him. He looked pretty tough. Turned out he was tough. Uh, she went up and she ministered to him. She prayed for him, led him to Christ. And he said, he, he said, Hey, I'm, I'm a part of this gym right here, boxing gym. I want you to come in. I want you to be our chaplain. Come on in and meet the guys. You know what I mean? Like, how old was she then? About like sixteen or something. She was 15 like or 16? fifteen or sixteen years old. Who That's does crazy, that? Huh? That is crazy. I would never have done anything like that. I did do stuff like that later, but I was always way behind her. So I really appreciate that. Honestly, since I married her, I've picked up so much leadership skills from her because she's a born leader, a natural leader. I'm not. I had to learn things. But she was just real good at, at engaging with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used to make a joke that if um, whenever in my neighborhood, uh, my wife would get together with one of the, somebody in town like, oh, come over for tea. Invariably, that woman would end up crying on the couch and pouring out <laughs> her entire life within like five minutes. It was amazing. Like I could never get anybody to do that, but she didn't try. She just had that kind of thing that opened her heart up and the other person just began to pour out their life story and their troubles and their challenges. And she would minister to them, encourage them and pray for them. I'm like, wow, I want to be like that. That's amazing. You know what I think that is, is I think that's, um, I think that the Holy Spirit operating within us tends to actually bring people to uh, kind of like a place of confession. Mm. So that's just something I think. And um, I think you're right. I've kind of picked that up from my experiences on the streets. But I think if we're open to that and we Mm. just, you know, we say yes to the Lord, then the Spirit is working. 
And I think that um, I think the Holy Spirit then kind of facilitates that process, getting people to open up, you know, so that He can work in their lives, you know, and they can be healed. Yeah, yeah, and you know, leading, like I said, some people are very intimidated or scared by that, but it, it's just leading is simply influencing others in a positive way. It doesn't mean we're like bossing them around. That's what people think of leading. Well, I have to boss everybody around, you know? And I got to be always right. I got to be the smartest guy in the room. Oh yeah. I have to know everything, all the answers. And if I don't know them, I'll have to make them up and sound impressive. And that's not actually how Jesus operated. He was a very humble servant leader. I mean, he didn't wear fancy clothes or use big fancy words he used the words of the day, the common people. He didn't use like the um, the professional educated language of the day. He actually used the street language of yeah. the day, um, which was a humble thing to do in, in that society. It's because he was trying to connect on a heart level because that's what opens people up, you know, to, um, to uh, relationship, to change, to encouragement, to light, you know, to whatever, all the positive things. Jesus said this in Luke 22. In this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, Mm, right? (laughs) Yet they are called, quote, friends of the people, right? Sounds like politicians. Oh, he's a friend of the people, man (laughs) of the people. Uh, but, But among you, he says, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. That, I mean, in a nutshell, he's like, you want to be a great leader? Lower yourself to the bottom and elevate the other person. That's how you influence people for me. I think it's interesting because like every so often I'll catch an article on management today, something that's, you know, kind of in that segment of of the marketplace. And they'll talk about that. They'll talk about it like it's a new thing, you know, (laughs) like, like we're just, we're realizing this. And, but I've seen it periodically crop up over the years. So it, it's like this, you know, cycle of up and down or something, you know, where it, it comes around and seems new again, right. where they say, you know what, companies now are actually looking at leadership that elevates and builds up, you know, the people um, that are beneath them, you know, essentially, yeah. as opposed to like being kind of like this individual at the top of the pyramid who's got to tell everybody what to do and manage every project and, you know, but they're actually building other people up to reach their potential, which is exactly what you just explained about how Jesus did things. Totally. And the whole book provoked is based on this one verse, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And I'm going to give you the amplified version because it's really good. It says, let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. It's a very like nurturing thing. Okay. And it says studying even each other, how we may stir up, in other words, stimulate and incite to love um, and helpful deeds and noble activities. So in other words, we're drawing the best out of people. That's what love looks like. It's coaching them. It's encouraging. It's like it's seeing in them what God sees and pointing it out to them like, you can do this. You can do anything. You know, you've got it. You know, even if they don't think they've got it, it's like, right. I see it in you. It's kind of prophetic. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's key, right? Like that's how, that's how we do lead by serving others, by, you know, setting an example that's Christ-like mm-hmm. is that in that process, you know, um, we're actually causing people, and this is just something that God does. It's not us, but it's something that Jesus does through us 
is ca- cause people to realize that that the things of the world that they've been holding on to are so insignificant yeah. like compared to the actual power of God at work in them. And if you think about that, this is like creative power. This is the power to make something where there was nothing even. Mm. But God has already put, you know, that kind of power in us, you know, and we have to actually believe it. And I want to encourage people too, because in order to be a leader, which you can be um, right where you're at, right. you know, you really just have to believe that that God has already put in you every ability that you need. You yeah. just kind of have to believe in your worth in Him. And when you actually believe that, all of a sudden a lot of the other little problems, the things that you feel have been holding you back, you know, and the obstacles that have been cropping up in front of you, all those things seem insignificant compared to the immense power, you know, of the Holy Spirit that already mm-hmm. exists within you Yeah. if you just kind of open up to that. And yeah, there's no way... tapping in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Tapping into that. There's no way that if you start walking like that on a day, day-by-day basis that you're not going to influence others to mm. start doing the same, you know, which is to start mm. influencing others to actually realize their potential. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I was... Um, I mean, Jesus was a really a revolutionary leader. He really flipped the script. I mean... Uh, everybody thought, okay, the Messiah is coming. We know how this is going to go down. He's going to come and kick butt, you know. It's a revenge mentality. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what might makes right. A revenge action thriller. That's how the great heroes and leaders are, right? They come in and just, they they dominate. Yeah, they overthrow everything else that was already sitting in power. Yeah, and he just did the opposite of that. All of that, he did the opposite, you know, of dominating. He more came to serve and lay down his life, and he was a humble God. I mean, that's a what a weird concept, a humble God. But he was born in humble circumstances. He lived humbly. uh, He communicated humbly, um, but he was strong. Uh, But he was a radical revolutionary leader. I'm going to read a little section here, but not like the zealots of his day. Right. That sought to throw off their oppressors through violent means. You know, uh, Jesus had come to infiltrate and subvert many systems like the might makes right uh, kind of system, the caste systems, the disenfranchisement of the poor, racism, patriarchal systems, dominance, ageism, every kind of injustice. Basically, Mm -hmm. Jesus came to overthrow, but not overthrow like most time, which like a coup where they go in and they murder the leader and then I'm taking over now because I'm, I'm better than that old guy. He didn't do that, even though the Jews thought he would come and destroy the Romans. Uh, but because usually when a system is overthrown, it's through force and violence. That's what I mean. But Jesus and Jesus revolution was also violent. But check this out. All the violence was directed toward himself. Yeah. Through his crucifixion, through his, you know, uh, yeah. abuse. That and, and even leading up to the crucifixion, how he was uh, um, trashed and, and lied about and just disparaged all that. And he took it, you know, he didn't fight back. He just took it for us. And so even though he could have struck down his enemies, Jesus knew the real battle was for the heart. That, yeah, he could have taken over by force, but that wasn't going to solve everything. What he really wanted to win was our hearts. So, in other words, Jesus came to start not just a political revolution, but a love revolution. Yeah. And, and, you know, other world rulers would scheme and fight for dominance, but Jesus' followers 
would lay down their lives for widows, orphans, misfits, and the outcasts of society. So it shook the culture. I mean, people were like, who are these Christians? Who's that Jesus guy? You know, because they're, because, you know, all the other uprisings were like the zealots and they would assassinate people Mm -hmm. and the Romans would send out troops and wipe out these groups that were, you know, they were just rebellions, basically. Freedom fighters, whatever you want to call them. Violence begot, you know, begetting. How's that word? Begets more, begets more violence. Yeah, yeah. They fight, live by the sword, die violence by the sword. Violence makes more violence happen. That's right. What I meant to say. And strangely, Jesus was was an agent of change, but not from the top down, from the bottom up. That's what was so radical. He aligned himself with the humblest of beginnings. He aligned himself with the common man, you know. And rather than rule through power and coercion, he led by example. He said, no, no, watch me. I'll show you how it's done. He washed people's feet. He touched lepers. He embraced the broken, the children, the old. And he treasured the rejected, which that was just blew people's minds. They didn't understand it, but boy, did the rejected love it. They loved him. Uh, And he called his followers, obviously, not to lord authority over others, but to imitate him in, in becoming a servant to all. Right, and I think you made a good point in here. You said something in this chapter about, you know, his followers would, you know, would give everything. And mm-hmm. I can't remember how you phrased it, so maybe you remember it. But instead of like, um, instead of like seeing what you know what they could receive, you know, they instead were like trying to give everything. But you had a better way of saying it. I just don't recall exactly where it's at, but it's in this chapter in chapter six that we're discussing. But it was literally like that's what the early church was like. They were trying to give as much as they could. Everybody was com- coming together and everybody was giving yeah. as much as they could give. Yeah, yeah. And that's and what that's what so impressed people who, who didn't yet believe. The funny thing is I still think it's in our human nature, in the flesh, if you want to call it that, today. We're still doing the same things. We're trying to vote and get the right person into office and maybe that'll fix everything. Yeah. It's a fool's errand. You know what I mean? It's like, isn't that what the Jews did for all their entire history? They said, we want a king. And God's like, no, you don't need that. And they kept asking, okay. Then he gave them a king, yeah, and they were terrible. You. Yeah. And their kings just oppressed them and, and messed up because that's not what it's about. It's about each one of us serving our master, you know, not looking for some great white hope or, you know, it's like, oh, that guy, he's got all the answers. Yeah. You know, he'll solve everything. It's not what it's about. Here's the, here's the statement that oh, okay. I was looking for. Uh, rather, and this is what you wrote um, in your book in chapter six, rather than seeing what they could get away with, they tried to see how much they could give away. A revolution of love had begun. So you were discussing this. Yeah. And anyway, that, that was just something that impressed me, stuck with me, um, is that idea of, of just giving everything, giving everything that you can, mm. you know. But I don't even think it's like, I mean, I think that in, in, in like God's kingdom, the more you give, the more that the Father pours into you, you yeah. know? It's not about, like, you just transferring wealth or some other resource to somebody else so that you walk away destitute now, right. and they walk away with everything, you know? So it's not like that, but that's how a lot of the world sees economics. They see it as, like, you know, mm-hmm. you displace, you know, one thing, or or you transfer one resource from one place to another, that type of a thing, mm-hmm. and there's limited resources, right? But that's not how it is in God's kingdom. So the early church was giving away everything that they could and they just kept giving more and more. And that's how it spread, spread like wildfire. People were so impressed by that mentality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, um, 
this way and I the the, t- the chapter is provoked to serve and lead it's this dual edged sword why it's so powerful if you serve people follow you <laughs> if you serve them they're blown away they're impacted they want to be like you if you serve them yeah. you think well if i lower myself i'm going to be weaker i'm going to be less important people aren't going to be impressed but in fact you end up having this contagious effect which it, it elevates, it amplifies, it lifts others up. And they're like, wow, what you did for me was so cool. I want to learn from you. Like, I right. want to, I want to get a hold of this. Well, it, it triggers, it triggers like God's heart, you know, to mm-hmm. become active in our lives. And people don't know they need that when they're responding only to their physical needs, right? But they do need it. And when they experience it, you know, they want to like, they want to take it all in and they want to soak that up as much as they can. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I think, right? Because um, they didn't know that that was something they actually needed. Yeah. And so they're experiencing this and what, you know, God is love. So that's what they're actually experiencing is this genuine love when somebody comes along and serves them unselfishly, mm. you know? And so it, and so what whatever it is that God has architected into them, you know, call it the spirit, it comes alive, you know? So yeah, amazing. The, yeah. I read this quote, which I put in my book. Uh, I, I read this devotional. I don't even like devotionals. Do you like devotionals? You like reading devotionals? I read them sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't have any that I really go through steadily, but I have found them helpful from well, time I, to time yeah, over I, the years. I've never, you know, I know a lot of my friends love Oswald Chambers and I've read some cool stuff, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I never really got into it. I just like to read my Bible every day in a book or something like that, yeah. but so I did. I do read a lot every day for devotions, but I don't read devotionals except for this one. And please, if you haven't, don't have this, go buy it. I think it's that good. Uh, it's called Dare to Journey with Henry Nouwen, and it's by Charles Ringma. So Henry Nouwen is a great Christian author. And so this guy took a bunch of his best stuff and turned it into a daily devotional where you can read just a little bit. And it's like, boom, it's like that little bit is like, oh, my gosh, I have to meditate on this all day. It's so good. So here's what he wrote, just one quote. He said, we journey not as those who have much to give and who have all the answers, but as fellow travelers toward light and liberation. I, I, I read that years ago and it stuck in me and I was like, yes. Like there's something that just resonates in me about that. It's like we were talking about earlier, like, oh, I have to be the leader. So I have to do the big shot and everybody has to listen to me. It's like, no, no, no. I, we're all in the same, we're all in the same playing field. We all are in desperate need of God. We're all messed up. Right. And we all need each other too, you know? And that's why when we quote, do outreach or we serve others, we're not just helping them. We know they're helping us Yeah. because we're learning from them. I am all the time and you are too. I tell that to people sometimes. I remind them like on the streets, like when I'm talking to them um, and I sense in them like that they feel um, lower in some way. Mm-hmm. And it it's kind of where they walked into the dynamic of our conversation carrying this weight on their shoulders. Yeah. But it's not something that I wanted them to carry. It's not something God wants them to carry. But it's right. like shame, you know, or it's, it's like mm. a loss of dignity. You know, so they're carrying this into their encounter, you yeah. know, as we begin to speak. Um, and I remind them like, you know what? Everybody needs help sometimes. Everybody has needed help. I know I've needed help many times, and I've had to have other people that have stepped in for me to like lift me up, 
to bail me out, you know? Mm. And I find that that opens people up to realize that like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not up here and you're down here. Right. We are on this journey together. We're like on the same playing field. I just happen to be like in a position right now where God has, has blessed me or privileged me to be able to come to you yeah. and see if there's anything I can do to like lift you up, you know, to help you in some way, shape or form, just yeah. as he's done for me in the past. That's good. You know, I feel like that is such a powerful point of how to serve people and lead them well is like put them at ease by letting them know like, oh, uh, you may think I'm better than I am, you know, up on a pedestal. I'm not. Let me just let you know. Uh, I'm just a guy and I've made a lot of mistakes. And by the grace of God, hey, here Mm -hmm. I am today trying to help and stuff. But, you know, hey. We're all the same. And yeah. I think about that with my kids a lot. My kids are being coming adults now, like almost adults. And someone was asking me for advice today on how do you raise your boys and your sons so that, you know, they want to connect you, be close to you and all that. And I was like, you know, the thing I'm trying to practice, I don't know if I'm good at it, is like taking myself down off a pedestal of like, oh, dad, you know, you're so much older and you've done all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like they they put me up too high like they can't relate to me. So I have to keep bringing myself down. Like, let me, let me tell you some dumb things I've done or, Hey, when I was your age, I used to be really afraid of this or that. Like I'm just humanizing myself to them so that they can feel human and and themselves not have to, I don't know, feel insecure or feel intimidated. Just like I did with my parents. I was intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to deactivate that in my kids or friends or people I meet like, Oh, I'm not a, I'm just a person, you know, I'm just, Hey, it's cool. Uh, we could just be buds, you know, kind of thing. Not like yeah. I have all this wisdom to share with you and you're privileged to hear from me. You know, it's like right. it, that kind of shuts people down in their souls sometimes. Like, Oh, they shrink. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm big, that means they have to become little. So like you're saying, <clears throat> we kind of have to shrink down so they can become bigger. Right. You know, right. and, and become who they really are, actually. A really awesome person with gifts and potential and yeah. like just like treasures that are inside of them, right? That that maybe we see better than they do. But we help them see, hopefully. Right. Because that's God's that's God's plan for them. Yeah. You know, He's created amazing things in them. And those things just need to come out and shine. You know, and the things that are holding them back, like all the the entrapments of the enemy, hmm. you know. God stands ready, I think, to just break those things down and just to set them free from that oppression, you know? Hmm. I, I have some really great stories in this chapter. Um, so actually, I think there's three stories of women who I consider to be great leaders. And oh yeah, uh, I'm not going to tell all the stories now because it's no. too long. I'll save that for the reader but to enjoy good, in the There's book. good stuff in here. But there's like three really good ones, and they're all like, you know, uh, friends of mine I've met and some of them I know better than others. Uh, but these women, I, I just watched them lay down their lives for others. And then their own life became like transformed because they gave their all for Jesus and yeah. for others. And then they became, they became people. I, I just look up to, I just, I'm like, wow, yeah. I, you know, I want to be like that. And so that's, that's yeah. how it works. You know, that's, um, I think about that too, because I know, you know, I know, I read the chapter, obviously. Yeah. So I know one of uh, these great women who was an outreach leader, right, yeah. with our organization. 
um, because I go down to Harlem a lot, I, I still see the impact that she made wow. down there in that community. And I still think about it all the time. I think, I think, how can I, you know, how can I like connect better with people? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think about her as an example yeah. of doing that. And, um, a lot of that comes from the particular event, which I will not divulge <laughs> as a spoiler for the spoiler chapter. Spoiler alert. No, but, um, we won't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that even stems back to that particular event on the streets that you outline yeah. in chapter six. Um, and, um, and and many of the people that I saw show up there, you yeah. know, and um, I saw them show up there and, and really attempt to to like be their best, you yeah. know. And so I thought that was, I don't know, that just is something it, it, it left kind of an indelible impression in my mind about mm. the impact that she made in that community. And well, so I, I think to myself, effect. like, how yeah. do I how do I do this? And I guess that might be a little bit of uh a pressure that I put on myself sometimes. Um, it's not that I actually think of it that way. I'm kind of recognizing it now as I, as I talk it out, you know? Um, but I also, I also know, even as I begin to kind of talk about this, that, that the key really is just to be, you know, for me, just to be me, but to be available to God for whatever work that he wants to do in the lives of individuals, you know? Mm. And also want to encourage everybody listening you know, just do that because God has called you to be a leader, yeah. you know, because even as you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are meant to be a leader wherever you're at. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's the workplace or the community, if it's in your home, yeah. you know, amongst your family members or whatever, just be available to him, you know, and say, God, what is it? What opportunity do you have to put in front of me today? Mm. And ask him and he'll reveal something. He'll reveal the mm. opportunities because you asked him to, right? Yeah. And in those opportunities, what happens is that what he's really put in you, the giftings that are already in you, and everybody has them. Yeah. And our God is brilliant enough that he literally has architected unique abilities into each and every individual on this planet. Yeah. And so as you ask him, like, what opportunities do you have for me? He's going to cause those unique abilities to start shining forth mm. in the opportunities he puts in it's front great, of you. It's great advice. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I think you cut right to the heart and the point of it for those who are listening. And I just want to reiterate that. I mean, I, I have felt, I've been leading something, whatever the, my whole life, I was a youth pastor and then I was a church planner and a pastor and now I'm the president of an organization. And most of the time I did not know what I was doing. I just be totally <laughs> honest. I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I love God and I want to live for God and I want other people to know God. So I'm just going to do it anyway, yeah. you know, despite my lack of knowing what I'm doing. And I would just pray and I yeah. would do what you're saying. Uh, ask God what to do. Uh, listen to God, do it. Yeah. And I don't, it's like, I, I couldn't wait for I don't know, some supernatural confidence to hit me or some or brilliance. Right. I, you, I just kinda, you just kind of, you just kind of step forward. I think I'll just do it. Right. You've submitted, <laughs> you've submitted yourself to him and yeah. now you just kind of step forward. And sometimes you don't even always hear yeah. maybe exact directions, but you're convinced that this is an opportunity he put in front of you and you just kind of start to step forward, you know, all the while remaining kind of in submission to him. Right. Yeah. You know, and right, of course, and, and he causes amazing things to happen. I've under heard those somebody, circumstances. I heard somebody say once, you know, Hey, if the spirit doesn't, spirit doesn't move you, just go ahead and move the spirit, you know, <laughs> like take a step of faith. The yeah. Bible has many verses like, Hey, go for it. You know, like don't, don't just wait. You spend your whole life waiting. 
That's the next yeah. chapter, provoke to act. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say something too, because you mentioned, you know, you mentioned how like, uh, you know, you used to not necessarily know what to do. You just, you just loved God. Right. Yeah. And I've known you for 30 years and I might've, I might've even talked about this in a, a previous episode of the podcast, but I remember 30 years ago mm. when I first met you, I remember thinking like, wow, this guy Juan is a great leader. You know, I remember thinking, I don't even know if I formulated it in those words exactly, but it was just the fact that I was drawn to you as you being an influence in my life. Mm. And it literally had to do, um, and that is something I did recognize even at the time, it literally had to do with how much you loved God. And I was impressed by how much, you know, you would just sort of like step forward into something, you know, um, and our band was even a good example of that. Like just, you know, I always saw you as, as spearheading that whole thing, you know, that mm. operation. Um, and uh, you wrote most of the lyrics for it, right? And yeah. so, and it was just, um, you know, if I always just kind of felt like if we didn't know what to do, you know, you'd, you'd think of something, you know. <laughs> and so it's funny because your perspective was different, right? Like, yeah. you know, going all the way back. But it was because you did. You had that well, you know, I love God and well, this is kind of what we have to work with. So let's just kind of step out here, right. you know, and at the time, like the band thing, you, you know, you had the guitar and you had the bass and, and I got tired of like watching you practice <laughs> in your room when I, I, I wanted to go hang out around you, but yeah. you would sit there and kind of practice until you drooled on your guitar. So <laughs> I started picking up the bass guitar. That's how I learned to play bass, you know? Yeah. So like even your leadership had a lot to do at, like, that's kind of how I learned the bass, you know, it was. It was because you were influencing me, even though you didn't know it, maybe. Right. But, um, you know, and then when you just kind of wanted to like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to step out and we're going to serve God doing it, you know? Yeah. It Isn't was always just like, you never had any question. That's what I need to go do. And that's what we're going to. And so, hey, you know what? We, we followed along and yeah, it's, did some of the, f the funnest things. And yeah. The, the coolest things we've <laughs> yeah, ever done in totally. the process of that. We had the best time of our lives together. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. I think back to like, why did I start playing guitar? And I've written hundreds of songs now, you know, um, and I've, I just for fun. I mean, honestly, and I've played them around the world, actually. Um, worship songs. I don't know. All kinds of songs. Right. Uh, and. The, when I first came back to America from uh, I lived in the Virgin Islands for a while. My parents were missionaries. Then we lived in Puerto Rico for a while, San Juan. Then we came back to America to, to Dallas. And the first youth group I'd ever been in in my life was at this huge mega church. And this guy named Spencer Nordyke was up there playing his guitar and singing about God. And I was like, and he was funny, you know, really funny. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like I've only been to church and like fallen asleep. Like I thought it was good. They're teaching about God and the Bible and that's good. But you know what I mean? I was a teenager. Okay. Yeah. It was not exciting for me. But when he preached, to that. when he preached, it was exciting to me. And when he led in worship, it was exciting to me actually. And what did I end up doing? I mean, the guy, I became a youth pastor for 10 years of my life. And I, 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 traded my Commodore 64 computer to that guy for his bass guitar because I, I wanted to be like him and start playing music. Was that actually the Fender Jazz Bass Special? or No, no? it was a uh, it was an Arbor Stiletto. That's an off-brand. <laughs> it was a headless. It looked like a Steinberger. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a Steinberger at all. It was a cheap, junky base. But I didn't know the difference. Design. It didn't matter. It was the greatest. It yeah. was the greatest. I loved it. And I, I But that leader made such a huge impact on my life. And I thought I could never be like him in a million years. What did I end up doing, though? I ended up becoming exactly like him. I wanted to preach. I wanted to play music. I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be dynamic and 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 impact other teenagers, right? So yeah. crazy. I mean, I wonder if you would talk to him today and he'd be like, "I had no idea what I was actually doing that time," <laughs> you know. But I just kind of like loved God and I, yeah. I wanted to step out and yeah. do something for. Well, him. I've stayed in touch with him all these years and thanked him many times because he changed my life. Yeah. And I guess that's that's why you you and I and every buddy who follows Jesus, that's why we should become leaders for others. It's not yeah. about us looking good or big or nothing. Being like important anything. in some yeah. way. Just, yeah. That's not what it's about. It's lifting others up and changing their lives so they can believe, you know, in themselves and in what God can do through them really. Right. You know, anyway, we, we got to wrap things up. We could go all day. This is an exhaustive topic. It's like such a good one too. And there's and, so much more that could be said. Yeah, and you've already said so many. But we, of course, covered all the most important points. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you said lots of nice things about me, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, well, okay. Well, this was, this was fun. And, um, you know, I'm getting a little sad because we only have one podcast left. Uh, yeah. Chapter seven. Chapter seven. The last chapter is coming up in the next episode. So don't miss that one. It's actually going to be uh, provoked to act. So it's all about action. And uh, so I'm going to, I'm looking forward to that one. It's Who gonna be doesn't really good. love action? Action Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for doing this, man. This has been cool and fun chatting once again. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, if you if you like this, pick up a copy of Provoked. Best day ever. <laughs> Best day ever. Which you can pre-order now. Pre-order now. That's <clears> right. <throat> Just in case you were wondering. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.